Hello, James Lee again from the Institute of Knowledge, News, and Free Thinking. Um, well, yeah, we'll have a couple things today here. Um, first, we'll go with uh, the word of the day. Word of the day is effervescent. Soon passing out of sight, memory and existence quickly fading or disappearing. A shimmering effervescent bubble. Pretty decent word there. Um, this day in history, uh, was a United States Supreme Court ex parte decision handed down on December 18, 1944, in which justices unanimously ruled that the U.S. government could not continue to, de- continue to, to detain a citizen who was concededly loyal to the United States, although the court did not touch on the constitutionality of the exclusion of people of Japanese ancestry from the West Coast, which they had not found to violate citizens' rights in their Korematsu versus United States decision on the same date. The Endo ruling nonetheless led to the reopening of the West Coast to Japanese Americans after their incarceration in camps across the U.S. interior during World War II. The court also found that part of the decision that if Congress is found to have ratified by appropriation any part of an executive agency program, the bill doing so must include a specific item referring to that portion of the program. Interesting. Very, very interesting. We'll be right back. And welcome back again. I'm James from the Institute. Um, we'll do a we'll do a quote now. We will not agree on every issue, but let us respect those differences and respect one another. Let us recognize that we do not serve an ideology or a political party. We serve the people. That was John Lynch, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, on to our news. We have uh, pretty much China versus America here. Uh, U.S. war games show America couldn't beat China in a war. The United States just lost a battle to save Taiwan from a Chinese invasion, and it's not the first time. A series of intensive war games are revealing deep-set flaws in its fighting ability. It's a nightmare, but apparently increasingly likely scenario Beijing making good on its threats to invade its island neighbor. It's a sinister scenario in the United States, and its allies have become increasingly concerned about China's military expands and modernizing at an extraordinary rate. Unmanned U.S. defense sources reportedly told the Times that such a conflict was was the scenario of a recent intensive war game session conducted by the Pentagon. The results, they say, are very eye-opening, which I've, I've looked at them. Yeah, scenarios were different and diverse. Some involved clashes in uh, South and East China Seas, the worst case scenario being all out and out war in 2030. We'll be right back. Scenarios were different and diverse. Some involved clashes in the South and East China Seas. One worst case scenario was an all out and out war in 2030. The U.S. reportedly came out second best every time. These words were written by two PLA colonels 20 years ago and conducting the long wars since 2001. What have we learned that confirms this or not? We do, if we do think it is true, how well we ha- or how well how well have we evolved our military and broader national security institutions to reflect this? U.S. Secretary of Defense James Mattis warns in his speech at John Hopkins School of Advanced International Studies on the 19th of January: Our competitive edges eroded in every domain: in warfare, air, land, sea, space, and cyberspace. And it is continuing to erode. There's a growing consensus 
at the once unassailable U.S. technological advantages fast fading and might even soon be ceded to one of its rivals, probably China, in the course of renewed competition between great powers, the like of which the world has not seen for over half a century. On the face of it, it's really hard to see why the U.S. has certainly not became any less innovative or technologically capable than either Russia or China. Current defense news data show that the United States is home to no fewer than 15 of the, of the world's top 25 defense contractors. And according to Forbes, exactly the same holds true for technology companies too. The talent is evidently there, but this is a game as much about focus as capability, and U.S. attention has been distracted. An area of distraction, the demands of asymmetric warfare. We'll be right back. While the U.S. focused on dismantling the terrorist networks, training camps, and safe havens, China steadily ramped up its defense investments and innovations, developing its own systems and technologies to equip its military for the 21st century and potentially challenge American hegemony in the Pacific. The irony is that in many ways the success of what Eisenhower dubbed the military-industrial complex a success that first helped the U.S. to to global preeminence in the first place has also brought about its current current predicament. Big defense spending throughout the Cold War followed by the huge consolidation of U.S. defense sectors when both came to an end has left a legacy approach based on rigid requirements and contracts aimed at the same small number of specialist contractors. In addition, the costs of the programs are often so high that dream teams of prime defense contractors who should in theory be rivals band together to bid for Pentagon projects. There are two big consequences. Firstly, having spent so much of their development and procurement, the resulting systems are almost invariably forced to remain in service for many years, albeit modified and upgraded, irrespective of changing needs and technological advances. Secondly, the, secondly and ultimately, more importantly, competition inevitably suffers, and without the need to, to compete, there is little incentive to take a risk to, and, and, and innovate. As Eisenhower put it in the same 1961 farewell speech that first introduced the term military-industrial complex to the common lexicon, a government contract becomes virtually a substitute for intellectual curiosity. Here are four technologies that are most important to the Army. <laughs> You know, uh, this is America becoming a poor country. Prepare for the country to be picked up, picked on by other countries now, robbed, pillaged, pilfered, and burnt down. We are being closed off to places in the world. We are being isolated and being treated like any other country. It is what it looks like to not be vigilant about being a free republic. I pray for this country. Report by 2030, U.S. will lose superpower status to the Hill. The United States will no longer be a single global superpower by 2030 as economies in Asia grow larger than the U.S. and Europe, according to a new report from the U.S. intelligence community. The report by the National Intelligence Council says that no country would replace the United States as a dominant superpower and that the U.S. would, would remain first among equals. But it also makes clear that the, the demographic and economic trends will mark an end to an era in which the U.S. is a sole, sole world power. Asia will have surpassed North America and Europe combined terms of global power based upon GDP, population size, military spending, and technological investment. The report says China alone will probably have the largest economy surpassing that of the United States in a few years before 2030. Yeah, all this started in, well, it started in the 1940s and 50s, but 
how far it's come in the last 20 years. Look at it, people. Look at it. I'll catch you guys later.